God the Son told God the Father, I will go to earth. I will die for them on that cross. I will rise from the dead. I will cover their sin. They are on my mind. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Sometimes a voice from the past can appear from nowhere with a blessing in hand. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us today. This time, we're continuing the series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible, with a look at a man made great by the grace of a king. You know, one of the greatest pictures of God's grace in the entire Bible has got to be the story of David and Mephibosheth. You might recall that Mephibosheth was David's best friend, Jonathan's son. He is a man who knew much pain and heartache in his life, on top of becoming crippled in his feet after being dropped as a child. But one day, King David remembered a promise made to his father Jonathan that would change everything. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share the message, Mephibosheth, Made Great by Amazing Grace. Mephibosheth is one of these kind of unknown names. You may have heard it, but you don't hear a lot of messages on Mephibosheth because he's one of these people that are tucked away in the shadows of the Bible, unlike Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Malachi, Isaiah, Jeremiah, or in the New Testament, of course, the Lord Jesus and John the Baptist and Paul and James and John and Jude and all of them. So we've been plucking from the Bible more obscure names to share with you the message that we find to us out of what they experienced. Remember that Paul wrote, he said, these stories have been told in the Old Testament that your hope might grow and your faith might be strengthened in your own battles. So what do we learn from the story of Mephibosheth? Well, it's one of the greatest pictures of our redemption and our salvation in the entire Bible. Now, let me give you a little history lesson on Mephibosheth. We're told in 2 Samuel 4, verse 4, we're introduced to this young man as a boy of five years old. It says, quote, Saul's son, Jonathan, had a son named Mephibosheth, who was crippled as a child. He wasn't born that way. It happened to him as a five-year-old. He was five years old when the report came from Jezreel that Saul, his granddaddy, and the king of Israel, and Jonathan, his daddy, had been killed in battle. So in a flash, this young boy lost his grandfather and his father in a battle. But he was about to lose even more than that. This was a traumatic moment in the life of Mephibosheth, a defining moment, a life changer. Because hearing that granddaddy and daddy had been killed, his nurse heard the news, was afraid that They would come to execute the child because he was of the house of Saul and King David's house was about to take over. 
She was afraid they would come to take the child and execute him. So she picked him up and fled. And as she hurried away, the Bible says she dropped him and he became crippled. My guess is she was running down some stairs like this. She was fleeing for her life. A five-year-old is not light. And this was a nurse, a woman. She's running with this five-year-old in her arms and she tripped. He fell. His feet smashed against the pavement and he was crippled immediately. So it had to be a hard fall. So in one hour, one moment, one flash, he learns, granddaddy's gone, daddy is gone, and now I can't walk anymore. I can't walk normal. I'm crippled. This has crippled me for life. Not a good day in the life of Mephibosheth. Now, when I read about him, I believe I see what the Lord intended for us to get out of this story for you and me living in the new covenant. Because Mephibosheth stands in scripture as a type of the fallen human race. Just as his nurse dropped him and he became crippled, Adam essentially dropped us when he partook of the forbidden fruit and we became crippled by sin. There is not a person in here that has not been crippled by sin. We were dropped. Now, it's not fair. It doesn't seem right, but it's what happened. When Adam partook of that forbidden fruit, it says that we fell with him. Romans 5.12 says, when Adam's sin, sin entered the whole world, and Adam's sin brought death, and death spread to everyone. Every one of us experienced the repercussions and consequences of Adam's fall. He partook of that fruit, and we fell. We were essentially dropped in life like he, Mephibosheth, was dropped, and it crippled us. I wish that I could tell this to the entire United States of America because the attitude out there is it's all about me, it's self-esteem and self-improvement and self this and self that and if I can just take care of myself I'm going to be okay because I'm okay and you're okay and we're all okay in that right and no it's not right at all we have all been crippled by sin we were all born in sin and shaped in iniquity and like it or not that's the truth of the Bible and until you realize that you can't be saved because Christ came to take care of the whole sin issue. So we were dropped. We were dropped and we became crippled. And having inherited a sin nature from Adam, we are just like Mephibosheth, crippled. He didn't want that to happen to him. He didn't do that to himself. Someone else dropped him and he experienced crippledness, a crippled foot the rest of his life. We too, we limp by nature. We limp by nature. Have you ever felt that way? Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep messing up in this area or that area? And if only I could fix this or fix that, it's because we're limping, unable to walk a straight path of righteousness by our own strength because we limp. Spiritually, we limp. Spiritually crippled are we all. Romans 5, 12. Therefore, as sin came into the world through one man and death as the result of sin, so death spread to all men, no one being able to stop it or to escape its power. No one is able to escape the pull and the tug and the power of sin. It tugs on all of us and pulls all of us down. We've all experienced it and we've all had to say, God, forgive me. I've sinned. Spiritually crippled are we all. And here's Mephibosheth, dropped. Now, I see something else in his story. 
Next, we find that he fled to a place called Lodabar. I, I think the nurse took him because he was five years old. He didn't know where to go. He was hurting. He was in pain. He was afflicted in his feet now. He had been dropped. He's crippled. So she had to carry him, and she fled, afraid that they were going to take the young boy's life. So she fled to a place called Lodabar, as far away as she could get. She fled. And I told you that names matter. The names of people matter in the Bible because they were often named after their character or after God's call on their life. Their name typified what they were called to do or who they were in their character. And it's the same thing with many of the places in the Bible, geographical places in the scriptures. And Lodabar is no different. Lodabar, where this young boy was taken, this crippled boy, means no pasture, no word, no communication. What a sad place Lodabar was. What a sad place for him to be taken. Let's just take the first meaning of the word, no pasture. No pasture insinuates barrenness, no place to graze, no place of food, no life. This was a barren place where Mephibosheth was taken. Lodabar was barren where you could not raise cattle or anything that required green pastures. And I got to think that when I look at Psalms 23, it was the exact opposite of the kind of place that God takes you and me. For David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What does he make me to do? He makes me to lie down in green pastures of tender grass. And he leads me beside the still waters of quietness. And he restores my soul. So Lodabar is not the kind of place that God would take you. Lodabar was the opposite. And it reminds me of sin because sin always subtracts and God's blessing always multiplies. God multiplies his blessing. His blessings are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. God's grace multiplies blessing and multiplies faith and multiplies grace and multiplies good things. But in Lodabar, it's a picture of a sinful lifestyle. There was not only no pasture, but there was no word, no communication, meaning it was an isolated place. There was no concourse with others, no fellowship, no relationship, no companionship. He was in Lodabar, dropped in life, crippled in his feet, finding himself in a place where there was barrenness, isolation, no companionship. I believe he woke up every day thinking, I wish it were night. And at night when he went to bed, I think he's saying, I wish it were morning. There's no future for me, no hope. What am I going to do here in Lodabar? I've got to hide from the kingdom of David, lest they send somebody to find me and take me and assassinate me because my granddaddy was Saul who endlessly persecuted David and stalked him and followed him for 10 years trying to take his life. And now my granddaddy is gone and I'm left of the house of Saul. And I would wager that David, if he knew that I was here, it would be the end of me. So I'm stuck here, crippled, destitute, barren, no place to go. Listen, folks, what a picture of the life of sin. I want to tell you that sin will never bless you. Sin will never help you. Sin will never add to you. The prodigal son ended up in just such a place. Instead of it being called Lodabar, it was called the far country. He woke up one day and he said, I'm tired of church. 
I'm tired of the Father's house. I'm tired of religion. I'm tired of this Bible. And I'm tired of all this stuff that we're always doing. I want to leave the Father's house. And I want to find fun and fulfillment and laughter. I'm missing out not being out there in that world. And so he went to the far country. And what did he end up doing? He ended up eating pig's food, destitute, because all of his far country friends left him. When the money was gone, they were gone. When the partying was gone, they were gone. Folks, let me tell you, there's no good friends out there in the far country. There's no good friends in Lodabar. Let me tell you, give your life to Christ and let him give you some real friends that it won't walk away, that won't leave you. Get some covenant brothers and covenant sisters. And that is not what the prodigal son found. He woke up eating pig's food and said, I've got to return to my father's house. And here in Lodabar, Mephibosheth was dying by the day. I want to guarantee you something. Sin will bring all takers to their very own Lodabar. Lodabar is a picture of the world. It's a picture of a sinful life. Lodabar is a picture of the far country. And I agree with you. There is pleasure in sin for a season. The Bible says so. There is pleasure in sin for a season. And it's sin's job to put on a good mask and present itself to you and me as something viable and logical and sensible and something that will help us and fulfill us and be good for us. It's sin's job to masquerade as something good. And sin is very good at masquerading at something good. But sin is a lie. The Bible talks about the deceitfulness of sin. There's always a payday someday. If you go over into sin, if you leave the Father's house, if you go to a place called Lodabar, you will find soon enough that it's barren, it's destitute, it's lonely, and you want more than anything else to get out of the consequences of what sin brought on your life. We're told that Moses preferred to share the hardships and bear the shame of the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting enjoyment of a sinful life. Moses understood there's pleasure in sin for a fleeting moment. But after that fleeting moment, there's that payday, those consequences. He knew that sin held pleasure, but it was fleeting. It did not last. The Bible says there is a way that looks right to a man, but its end is the way of death. It looks right, feels right, seems right, appears right, says that it's right, but it leads to death. Sin approaches us with great promise of fun, fulfillment, and freedom, but it always ends in disillusionment, destruction, and death. So here's Mephibosheth crippled and alone and destitute. He thought, this is the way I'm going to live out the rest of my life. I'm an exile in Lodabar. But here's where the story gets good. Because Mephibosheth did not know that a king in another kingdom had him on his mind. Oh, I love this because isn't it true for you and me? Do you remember when you were lost? And you did not know that there was a king in another kingdom who had you on his mind. 
He had you on his mind. He was thinking about you. He knew your name. He was knocking on the door of your heart. He loved you. All of this was going on in another kingdom and you and I did not know it. Can I tell you today, church, that there is a king in another kingdom. He has you on his mind right now. You're on his mind. You mean more to him than anything imaginable. You are more important to him than all of the universes combined because he gave his only begotten son to die for you on the cross and rise from the dead that you might also rise from the dead one day. I'm telling you, there is a king and there was a king. His name was King David. And he was asking about Mephibosheth when Mephibosheth did not know that there was a king asking about him. Think about it. Mephibosheth was whiling away his lonely days in a barren wasteland. He had no idea that a great king was thinking about him. And could we have a clearer picture of the way that God thought about you and me and the entire crippled human race? We were on his mind when he sent Jesus to die for our sins. And let me tell you a real mind blower. Are you ready? Before God flung the first stars into space, before he scooped out the ocean, before the first birds flew into the sky or the first fish swam in that ancient sea, God the Father talked to God the Son and knew that he was going to create man and knew that man was going to fall. And way back then, they made a covenant together and God the Son told God the Father, I will go to earth. I will die for them on that cross. I will rise from the dead. I will cover their sin. They are on my mind. They are on my mind. It's very, very difficult to comprehend how that could be, but that can be because God is God. And God knows the end from the very beginning. He knows what's going to happen at the end before the beginning even begins. And that's because he's God. When we didn't know that he was thinking of us, he was thinking of us. The Bible says when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. When we were grieving him, vexing him, sinning against him, breaking his heart, he sent Jesus And when Jesus spread his arms and stretched out his feet and they nailed him to that cross, he was saying in a way that we cannot comprehend, I love you. You are on my mind. You are more important to me than life itself. So I'm going to die for you. If you're thankful for that, can you give God praise today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is good. As we languished away in our own Lodabar, crippled and bound, a great king in another kingdom had us on his mind. I think of when I got saved in jail as a 16-year-old. Yes, I was in jail as a 16-year-old. If you're a visitor, let me just go ahead and, and get it out now. I was in jail for sale of narcotics, and I had never heard the gospel. And yet there was a king that had me on his mind and I didn't know it. I didn't know anything about him, but he had me on his mind enough that he sent somebody to talk to me in that jail. 
and they came and shared the gospel of Jesus Christ and my eyes were open and he took me into a place that I could never have imagined, gave me peace I'd never known. And can I tell you that that same king, that same God has you on his mind. But it gets even better than this. This story just really gets me. King David wanted to bless Mephibosheth for Jonathan's sake. Catch that. It's very important. See, what you need to know is that David and Jonathan had been very best friends, covenant brothers. And one day they met when Saul, Jonathan's dad, had decided that he was going to stalk David and try to assassinate him. And David was having to flee the kingdom where he had been a hero for killing Goliath. But now he's about to be a zero because Saul is going to defame him, slander him, stalk him, try to assassinate him, make his life miserable. For 10 long years, he slept under the stars or in caves with one eye open always, lest Saul and his army find him and take him out. And they cut a covenant before he left. And here's what the covenant said. We have promised each other in the name of the Lord, saying the Lord will be between me and you and between my children and your children forever. Do you catch that? They made a covenant. Jonathan, I covenant with you that the Lord's going to be between me and you and that I will bless your children and their children and their children for as long as I possibly can. I will bless them because I'm in covenant with you. And Jonathan said the same thing to David. And David hit the road and fled to the wilderness. Well, Jonathan and Saul were later killed in battle. David was never able to fellowship with him as his best friend again. He was gone. David is promoted into the fullness of his calling. He takes over Israel. He is the king. He is the greatest king Israel ever had. He carried Israel to the zenith of its power. And while he was king, with everything subdued around him and under him, he remembered his covenant. He's a type of Christ. Well, I got to tell you that the story of Mephibosheth touches me deeply. What a picture he is of all of us. We were all crippled by sin and living in our own Lodabar, a place of loneliness and desolation, when King Jesus came knocking on our door. Now, before you change that dial, our announcer has some exciting things to share with you, our Life Talk listeners, you're going to want to hear. And let me also remind you in closing that you can visit our Life Talk website at lifetalkradio.us and check out our podcast available at the click of your mouse. That's lifetalkradio.us. Be sure to join us next time as we continue with part two of the message, Mephibosheth made great by amazing grace. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. 
Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand, today's broadcast, or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. And you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. Mephibosheth, made great by amazing grace. This is the fourth message of Pastor Jeff's series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible. You can own a copy of this 10-CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.